What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. my loves welcome back to the podcast i am so excited to have you guys here for another episode if this is your first episode welcome my love my name is deandre nicolette and i'm the host of manifest daily if you're an og listener hey girl hey hey boy hey what's poppin what's good Welcome back to another episode of Manifest Daily. My loves, we are going to be diving into another interview episode today with Kelly Smith. I'm going to tell you guys who she is in a second and why I'm so excited for this one. I feel like I always say I'm excited for these episodes, but really I am, okay? Really, I feel like every single episode I get so excited because it's either about like a new topic or there's just new insight, new perception, just something new that is dropped a new nugget of wisdom if you will that is dropped in every single episode and I love that for us I I truly do love that for us but before we dive into the episode with Kelly I just want to catch up with you guys I feel like I love either doing solo episodes if I don't do solo episodes I just love having this time at the beginning of an episode to catch up chat with you guys spill tea okay spill tea so I was chatting with a couple of friends this morning and also you'll hear a little snippet of part of this conversation with Kelly as well in our interview. And I was talking about this idea of juggling so many different things. And I know many of us can relate, right, or many of you guys can relate rather to juggling a lot of different things, right? Whether you are in school, you're a parent, you have a nine to five, you have a business that you're starting, maybe you are starting content creation, whatever it is, there's sort of a lot going on at any one point in time, right? And I personally have been feeling this sort of need to come back to my list, right? Because I talk about how I do like my monthly goals, my yearly goals, and I'm always checking in with my goals. I'm always checking in with what am I actually consciously manifesting? And is this something that I still want to consciously manifest at this time, this point in time, given what I know, given what I feel. And I woke up this morning and I don't know what it was. Like maybe, you know, it's the shift into Taurus season. Maybe y'all know I'm a Taurus. Maybe it's that shift, that energetic shift into Taurus season. Or maybe it's just the fact that it is Wednesday. I don't know. But I really woke up with this intention to sit and to reprioritize the list of what I'm doing. And what I mean by that is 
I feel like in this world, a lot of times whenever we're doing something new, not all the time, but with a lot of things, I do believe that there's a lot of emphasis placed on financial security, right? So if you think about how you spend your time, we're either thinking about does this thing make me happy or does this thing bring me money in some way? How does it fulfill me? Because when you think about spending time with like friends or family, Obviously, you know, or typically I should say, that's not going to make you money unless you're like the Kardashians and spending time with your family is being filmed by Hulu and you have a show. Typically, if you're spending time with friends, family, like your loved ones, whatever, that's not making you money. But if you're doing something like going to your nine to five or working on your business, that can either make you money currently or it has the potential to make you money in the future, right? Especially if you're just starting a business and maybe it's not at that point yet where it's making you money, but it can make you money. And I was sitting with that and I was sort of thinking about, okay, if I look at and I think about all the things I'm doing, I need to reprioritize my list and figure out where I'm expending my energy. Is that a word? Where I'm putting, I'm pretty sure it's a word, but listen, where I'm putting my energy out and how that is making me feel. Because when I started 2022, How I diversified my time and how I intended to diversify my income and diversify my energy, right? It was a little bit different than how I intend to do it right now. And that primarily has to do with the fact that we're always growing and we're always changing. And so if you started the year off and you were thinking like, okay, I want to start this type of business, or maybe I really want to, you know, grow or climb the the corporate ladder, or I don't know, or maybe you were just like, I really want to spend more time with my family, whatever that sort of split in energy looked like for you. I think now was a really good time to check back in with yourself and ask yourself, does that still resonate? Does that still feel good? And so I was thinking about that specifically this morning, because I was thinking about some things that I wanted to start and y'all know me like it's it's kind of a joke at some point in time. And I know I've had so many episodes where I've talked about how my desire to always start something, my creativity, my creative brain, my um, as my friend Monica called it, my serial entrepreneur brain always has an idea for a new business or something new to start, which is a beautiful problem to have because you always have ideas. Now, obviously on the opposite end, there is someone that maybe doesn't have ideas come to them as easily. But with the, you know, with the reality of always receiving ideas coming to you, there's also, you know, having to balance that and make sure that you're not always starting something new and then not committing to it. Now, the other part of that, because there's so many nuances to that, but I always like to say that for myself, I find it really important to explore the ideas that I have. If I get an idea for something and I'm really into it, I like to let it sit for a little bit now because I do realize I can be very impulsive. And so I try to let it sit for as long as possible. And if the idea is still there, it won't leave me. I allow myself to try it out because I do think that at the end of the day, life is here for us to also enjoy. Like, yeah, we're learning lessons. We're doing all this stuff. But what would life be if we're not having fun, if we're not allowing ourselves to explore our curiosities? If you're feeling called to try something new and start something new, does it mean that's going to be the thing you do for the rest of your life? Right. Does it mean that you're going to be stuck to that thing? You have to commit to that thing forever. I just definitely value commitment and dedication, but I value commitment and dedication when it comes to 
finding something that you truly do enjoy and finding something that you actually want to work hard at and grow at and actually like evolve in, that's when you commit to it. That's when you actually say, you know what, I'm going to create a schedule for myself. You know what, I'm going to take this seriously. But at the very beginning stage, when you're just receiving ideas and downloads of things to try, it's okay to explore. Like ain't nobody going to like come for you if you just, well, you know what, you might come for yourself because I've done it before in the past, but you really shouldn't because it's okay to explore. And that's definitely something that I've gotten to learn at this stage of my journey because at one point in time I was so afraid to try new things because I'd be like damn I'm about to start this thing and people gonna be like oh not DeAndre again with this new thing what she what she talking about now like what she saying now like uh. so I used to have that fear that I would be judged for jumping from thing to thing but I think what you know what we understand and I say we because I hope you understand it too I feel like you probably do but what you get to understand at some point in time is that by quote unquote jumping from thing to thing, you're just allowing yourself to play. You're just allowing yourself to find the thing that you resonate with. It almost takes it way back to childhood. Like y'all know it's like, you know, you're on a playground and it's a bunch of different games going on. Like how will you know what you actually want to play, what you actually want to be a part of if you don't go around and try different things, if you don't go around the playground and test out the different, you know, pieces of equipment and whatever. That's kind of a, you know, bad metaphor, but, you know, it works (laughs) for this. So that is exactly how I'm feeling. And when I sat with this idea that I was getting this morning, I was like, oh, like, this is something I remember chatting with a friend about it last week. And I was like, oh, like, this would be cool to do it. And I remember telling her in that conversation, I was like, you know, T, I need more time. Like if I'm going to do this, I need to make sure I have time to do it. And this morning, the idea came to me again. And I was like, well, where am I going to find the time? And that's when I really realized or decided that I have to sit down and reprioritize what I'm doing. Ask myself, how am I spending my energy and my time? Right. And what is actually what do I do that makes me happy? What am I doing right now that doesn't make me so happy? What am I doing that can make me money? What am I doing that has the potential to make me money, but maybe I don't enjoy? What am I doing or not doing yet that has the potential to make me money that I kind of want to explore? Like there's so many different like categories, I should say, right? But typically the way I like to think about it is things that fulfill me that may not bring me sort of money abundance in that traditional sense but can really fill up my cup in other ways and energetical and spiritual ways and things that bring me joy that fill my cup up with money okay that's how I like to break it down especially because I I feel like usually anything in my life can fit pretty evenly into sort of those buckets when it comes to how I'm spending my energy and so I sat with that this morning and I was really trying to think about how right now I feel like I'm currently splitting my time and my energy in so many different ways so you know I'm on all of these different platforms I'm creating all of this different content I'm doing all these different things I'm sort of pulling myself in all of these different directions because I know that there are things that I like things that I'm interested in but then there's also the things that I should do right the things I feel like I need to do in order to grow the podcast in order to grow my business there are things that I should be doing and so I do them but when you are splitting yourself in such a way where you are literally I what did I say to a friend this morning I said it's almost like I'm cooking a meal 
and I have all, or not even that I'm cooking a meal, but I have all of these different pots on the stove and I'm cooking all these different things. And really I have to sort of figure out like, what do I need to cook for this meal? Right. And if you think about your manifestation, your big vision, your dream, your goal as the meal, what do you actually need to cook? Like, yeah, you might, you know, you might want to put a little garlic bread, do a little garlic bread on the side because it will be cute. But do you need the garlic bread? Do you need the garlic bread right now? Do you have someone who could come in the kitchen and help you and make the garlic bread while you're focused on the other pots and pans and, and things that are going on in the stove that you need? You know what I mean? So it's sort of like trying to find that really nice balance and it's so hard and I do think that it's like you're doing it constantly I don't think that there's ever going to be a day where I'm like okay this is it this is the formula this is what I got to do I'm gonna just do this forever I think you always have to be checking in with yourself right as whenever anything major changes in your life maybe you move maybe you start a new job maybe you decide that the thing that you were manifesting for so long you actually don't want it anymore because you're like you know what it no longer resonates like whatever that is for you those big changes that happen in the middle of these things in the middle of your life in the middle of the seasons of your life you need to go back in and reevaluate how are you spending your time how are you spending your energy and are those ways truly fulfilling to you and if they're not if you need to audit if you need to reprioritize things that's okay too so I'm really excited. I, like I said, I have a couple ideas of things that I really want to test out and try. And I'm doing so trying to stay in that space of like no expectations, just staying in a space of allowing myself to follow the nudge. And one thing about my creative ventures and pursuits is that even if there are some of them that don't, you know, pan out to anything huge, um, I always feel like I learned something. I feel like I learned something about myself. I learned something about what I actually want to do next. And sometimes I think you don't necessarily have to have like this just one specific thing you want to do in life. Some people do have that. But if you are someone that wants to try a bunch of things in life, like you want to travel, you want to have a couple of different businesses, you want to get into real estate, you want to, you know, you want to do a bunch of different things and you don't necessarily have that one thing that, you know, every single thing fits neatly into that bucket. I think that's totally okay. But it's also about, like I said, figuring out the balance of time and energy in your current season to actually focus on where you want to be in the current season. And I think where I want to be in this current season has changed a little bit. At the end of the day, y'all know I've said it so many times and I'm sure maybe many of you feel the same way. I don't want to work my nine to five for the rest of my life. I don't. And I don't think there's anything wrong with working a nine to five. I remember I used to, I used to kind of hate it. I used to kind of hate it. And I think that partly had to do with me working at companies that didn't necessarily value me as an employee and made me feel as if I was truly, truly disposable. And at the end of the day, as an employee, you kind of are right. If the company decides we don't want you here no more, they could let you go tomorrow. They could find somebody else. You know, it's a, it's a labor shortage out here, though. So I don't know if they could find somebody else real quick, but they could find somebody else. But I remember working at places that I felt really just valued a body overvaluing me as a person being there, overvaluing what I brought to the table as an individual. I don't hate a nine to five now. I think part of it has to do, and not even I think, I know, 
a huge part of it has to do with my nine to five now being very flexible, being something where I have sort of found a rhythm where, and you'll hear me say it in an episode with Kelly, where I do just enough. I bring just enough of myself to the table to make sure I still have a job and everything else I pour into every other thing that I'm doing because I don't want to pour my entire self into my nine to five. It is not that serious for me. I don't I don't care that much. I'm sorry. I don't. (laughs) Okay. But if you care about your job and if you care about your nine to five, you care. Like you really care. Like, but I'm saying I care, but I care to the extent that I have to care to keep my job. Anything extra, anything above and beyond, I don't have it in me because I'm busy doing other stuff. I don't have it in me. I'm sorry. I don't. And I really think that in this current season, I accept that I have the nine to five and I accept the lessons it's been able to teach me because I have learned so much in this job. I think this, is this the job I've held for the longest? I don't think so. I think I, I held the job at TripAdvisor for the longest. So this is like runner up, I would say. So I'm getting up there. Give me like another maybe like year, year and a half at this job. And I think it'll be the job that I've held for the longest, which will be exciting, <laughs> Um, which will be exciting. But I do believe that in holding this nine to five and finding a space where I'm able to balance everything else that I'm doing in a really, in a really good way, in a way that makes me feel pretty good. I don't feel so rushed to leave. It's almost like I'm in that space of acceptance. Like right now in this season, yes, I'm here right now in this season. Yes, I am juggling a lot of things, but guess what? There's going to come a day when I'm not juggling all of these different things. And maybe I'm juggling some other different things. And I do feel like I'm looking forward to that because like I said, I, I don't hate a nine to five. I don't. But one thing I have noticed about the way that I like to work, especially with um, with just upgrading the way that I see the show. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I think it's just little things here and there that I'm doing on the back end that really show me that I'm just taking every single episode and aiming to make it 1% better than the last. Like that is my goal. And the more that I work on this show and the more that I sort of work on every other aspect of myself and every other aspect of growth within myself, the more that I am just content. Like I'm still obviously growing. I'm, I'm pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. I'm doing all these things, but I'm also content in the season because I know that the nine to five won't be my forever. And if you're listening and if you don't want the nine to five to be your forever. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. But I also think that when I was in that space where I was so upset internally, right? Upset at having to balance the nine to five with the job. So annoyed at having to balance it. It just created a lot of like energetic resistance and it made it so that I was pushing and doing things that didn't feel aligned in my business because I wanted it to move faster, grow faster, whatever. And right now, I will say that things for me, like I've never had a viral moment really, but I've just been kind of growing steadily over time. And I am so grateful for those of you guys who tune in, who have just been literally the reason that my life is changing. And I know I hear YouTubers and stuff say that all the time. And it's like being on the other end as a supporter, as a watcher of some of my favorite channels, like it it makes me happy to hear that when a YouTuber is like, you know, I'm in this space because of your support. I'm in this space. I'm able to do the things that I have always wanted to do because of you. And I think that as a community, it is 
sort of a beautiful thing to be able to uplift each other, right? So whether that means you are shopping at a small business, whether that means you're sharing my podcast or sharing another person's podcast or whatever, I do think we all have power to uplift each other in these beautiful ways. And so whenever anyone shares my show or whenever... You know, I, I mentioned it again also too in the Kelly episode, which we, we will dive into in a second, okay? But we go into um we go into how sometimes I have anxiety answering DMs. So if you've ever DM'd me, because I always know I tell you guys to DM me. If you've ever done that and I don't answer back, sometimes I get really anxious about it. I don't know. Well, I do know what it is. Um, I get really weird and I get really anxious and sometimes so I see a lot of stuff, but sometimes I don't always answer right away because I get anxiety. But at the same time, I also know that I'm really grateful for like all of your support, for like the sharing, for the listening, because time is a currency. As we've said many a times in this episode so far, time is a currency. So you tuning in, sharing your time with me, allowing me to speak my truth, share my journey, and then also being able to take from what I have learned and from what I'm sharing, applying it to your life and growing in such beautiful ways. Like I'm so grateful to be a part of that journey. So, so grateful. And especially when y'all share stories of like where you were before you started listening to the podcast and what you're doing now, like some of y'all are have quit your jobs, have traveled, have moved, have left relationships that weren't serving you. Like y'all have done some dope stuff. Like it's just, it's so mind blowing because it just feels like we're all in this together. So all this to say, you guys, there's so much happening, but I'm really trying to reel it in and I'm trying to get better at being more focused with what I'm doing and how I am putting content out there because I don't think it's beneficial for you or me for me to sort of be trying to be everywhere and not doing everything in a way that feels quality to me. So stay tuned. I will probably fill you guys in on what I am going to be working on next (laughs) soon. Don't worry, Manifest Daily is literally not going anywhere. I was telling my mom about this thing today and she's like, oh my God, are you not going to do Manifest Daily anymore? I was like, girl, we going to be doing Manifest Daily till I'm 85, like like literally forever, forever. So no, MD is not going anywhere, but I do want to tell y'all, like give y'all tea and bring y'all along the journey of this other thing too especially because I don't know if I'm going to end up committing to the other thing but I do want to try it because why not and I, as soon as I said that I looked over to this uh, sign I have the gallery wall that I made in my office and one of the signs or one of the pictures says has a sign in it that says follow that dream so if one of y'all needed that message today follow that dream Whatever that thing is, like, don't worry about people judging you. Don't worry about people thinking, oh, she's starting something else. Oh, he's starting something else. He's dropping that day. Oh, oh, that other thing he tried last year. Oh, that that's done now with something new. Don't worry about him. Because the thing is about that is that, you know, and I talked about that thing in, in uh, I talked about in the, oh my God, I cannot speak right now. I talked about it when I mentioned the We, um, we Crashed documentary or show rather. Adam Newman, obviously, you know, questionable man (laughs) or not even him as a person but just questionable things that were done if you watch the show on apple tv but one of the things that stuck with me watching that show is that he kept he kept trying different things like this man was relentless he was like oh i'm gonna try this business oh it ain't work let me try that oh that ain't work let me try that oh that ain't work let me try that so you know if you're trying to do something like sometimes it, it does take going back to the drawing board 
trying something new that you're feeling called to, leaving something behind that you're no longer feeling called to, even if you put in the time and the energy or whatever, if it, if it don't feel good no more, if you don't like it no more, then why are you forcing yourself to do it? Unless it's like a job that you have to do, right? And even then you can find another job. But if it's not something you have to do, why are you forcing yourself? Like, why are you doing that to yourself? It just seems really, um, what is the word? Masochistic, right? <laughs> to do that. So yeah, so before we dive into this episode, long intro. This is going to be a really long episode, you guys. So this might be when you listen to in a couple different parts. I know whenever I listen to episodes over an hour long, I, bre- I break them up. Like I usually end up listening to that over the course of like two or three days. I won't even lie. This might be one of those for you guys. Um, I wanted to share something else on the show that I've shared a few different times before and I kind of have a little bit of shame around it, but I'm taking a break from dating apps again. (laughs) I went to make a joke about it, but then I was just like, you know what? I don't want to make a joke about it to like gloss over the shame that I felt making this decision this morning. If you're not single, I'm sure maybe when you were you went through this sort of phase. And I was telling friends this morning this, that I'm like, I'm so burnt out from dating. I'm so burnt out. I'm the type of person where if I really want something, I take a lot of action. (laughs) I do. I take a lot of action and it can be really hard to sort of find that balance, right? Between the action that you're taking and leaving that room for faith, leaving that room for divine timing, leaving that room for the universe to come in and bless you and give you your blessings and bring in your manifestation. If you are taking too much action and pushing too much, it is going to be really hard to leave space for beautiful things to flow into your life. I know that about myself. And lately with dating, ever since I moved here, I have been really, really on it when it comes to dating, like going on dates at least once a week, like maybe here or there, I'll have a week where I don't have a date. But typically, I won't even like, I'm going on like a day to week at least, right? I think that's good to get yourself out there, especially when you're single, to meet new people, to get out there. Dating like any other social interaction is something that the more that you do it, the more practice that you have, the more that you get better at it. The more that you get better at telling people who you are, telling people what you like to do, asking questions, finding the red flags, (laughs) finding the green flags, the more that you get better at it because you're doing it so often. However, I went on a date the other day and I was just, I found myself like going through the motions. Like I was getting ready and I realized like I wasn't even excited. Like I wasn't even excited about like, oh my God, this could be my person or whatever. Like I just felt like, okay, I have this date. It was like another thing that I had to check off my list. That's what it felt like. It felt like, okay, I gotta do this. All right, what's on my list after that? Like it was just, I felt very numb and I still do. And I think- that to me I feel like I'm saying I think so much in this episode my god (laughs) geez you guys um that was tough like identifying that I sort of mentally checked out of the process because when you are dating and intentionally dating and dating in the hopes of finding your person for marriage and for kids and for the, the big dream that you know we have been traditionally fed that I will admit I I do accept that dream and I do want that for myself. When you're intentionally dating, you have to be checked in. You have to be in tune with your emotions. You have to rely on your intuition. You have to go on these dates and you have to know, you know, what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling this person? Is, do I want to leave? Like you have to be aware 
And so when I was numb, it made it really hard to hear myself, to hear my intuition, to listen to myself, to know whether or not I liked someone, whether or not I was feeling someone or whether I was just so tired of dating that I was ready to accept what was good enough. And I don't think that, you know, there is a perfect person out there in this world. No one is perfect. However, I personally know for myself when something doesn't feel fully right and if I'm tired, I'm just going to be like, okay, like maybe I'll just take this for now. Let's just go with this for now. And I found myself doing that or I found myself getting into that headspace rather and having those thoughts of like, okay, well, maybe like this is it. Maybe I just accept this (laughs) for now or maybe it won't be so bad right and I think that's how we get into spaces where we may end up in places or with people that we're not so excited about and over time we realize it and over time we're like oh wait shit I shouldn't have done that (laughs) I shouldn't have gotten this relationship I shouldn't have took this job I shouldn't have done whatever but it's the hindsight I started feeling numb I started feeling really not even cynical anymore. I'd passed bitterness. I'd passed cynicism. I'd passed anger. I'd passed frustration. And it got to the point where I was feeling nothing. Like no excitement, nothing. I just felt like, and I say it in the past tense, like it wasn't (laughs) this morning. But, and I still currently do feel this, but I sort of come to terms and and had um, some journaling about that around this today rather, but got to a point where I was just sort of like hopeless, like a hopeless, aimless, numb feeling. And I said, I think I'm burnt out. I think I need to do something. And I was chatting with a friend and she was like, do you think you should take a break? And my first reaction was to be like, well, no, I don't want to take a break because whenever I take a break from dating, I feel like I can't meet anyone. And that's been an insecurity of mine since moving here because even though I'm building friendship groups and I'm building friends or building friendships rather and things like that, I do a lot of stuff by myself, you guys. I spend a lot of time by myself, which I truly, truly, truly do enjoy. Like, trust me, I truly enjoy it as an introvert, as an only child. I thrive. I thrive in this space. And I've been doing more fun things for myself lately. But I was telling her, I was like, I don't go anywhere. I'm like, how am I supposed to meet a guy? When will an opportunity ever present itself when I will meet a man if I'm not on Hinge, if I'm not on Bumble, if I'm not on Tinder, if I'm not on, what are I don't know, the other apps. And she goes, what do you mean you don't go outside? She's like, you go to the gym. She's like, you go to the grocery store. You're going to conferences for work. You go to like random workout things. Sometimes you go to these events. She's like, you go out. You know, it may not be the maybe more traditional, I say traditional loosely because we're the stats on this, but it may not be that I am going to bars, that I am going to clubs, that I am going to, I don't know, where else other people meet people, but I do leave my house sometimes. It's just kind of more chill places. And you know what? That's okay, I think, because if I meet a guy at Barnes & Noble, At least I know then I'm guessing he would also like to read. So maybe that would actually be pretty cool to meet a guy like Barnes & Noble or something. So anyways, I deleted my apps. I deleted my accounts on everything except Bumble. And on Bumble, I paused my account because I'm like, you know, I might come back and I don't want to have to remake it again. 
And there was a little bit of shame around it because I have like deleted the apps, re-downloaded, deleted the apps, re-downloaded. If you're in this space as well, and you've kind of been going through that cycle, I want to tell you it's okay if you want to take a break, if you want to delete, and if you decide, okay, I'm done with my break, I'm ready to go back in to the app environment and you re-download, that's okay too. It's just really hard sometimes like shaming yourself for needing to step away. And it's so important to honor yourself when you're in a process like this. Dating is hard like dating is emotionally draining it's physically draining it's it's just draining all around like you're meeting new people right and even though you're not getting in a relationship with these people when you start talking to someone and you're talking to someone for like a few days or something you start building a connection with someone like yes it's not the strongest thing because you're not you haven't known each other for years right but if you're talking to someone and building a connection and then things end they ghost you or the or like you guys realize like oh it's not gonna work or like whatever it is that happens that's something it still hurts like you're still a human and then I think when you are dating in such a quick way sometimes you don't take the the time to grieve that situation to actually process what's happened to process the connection that you thought was gonna go somewhere but it didn't and now you have a little bit of of a disappointed, you know, self. You, you're disappointed in some ways, right? But you haven't fully dealt with that. You haven't even acknowledged it. You're just on to the next. And when you're doing that over and over and over, which is what I've been doing, you guys, it it catches up with you. It catches up with you. And if you get to a point in anything, anything in life, no matter dating, what like career, whatever, where you are so numb that you can't even feel what you are feeling that's dangerous territory because we need our feelings to to help guide us we need to be able to hear ourselves we need to be able to know where we are when we check in with ourselves and if we can't feel anything how are we supposed to do that <sighs> just my thoughts you guys About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs 
box with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Y'all know how unmanageable hair can be, especially when it's frizzy, tangled, damaged, or dry. In fact, you may recall that just a couple months ago, I cut all my hair off for the sake of spiritual realignment and also to grow it back in a healthier way. If you're having a bad hair day and you're not at the point like me where you just want to cut it all off, you may be tempted to just throw it up into a ponytail and call it a day. But I want to say that putting your hair up into a ponytail does not solve the problem. It just hides it. It's time you start treating your hair with some much needed TLC with the leave-in conditioner from Way. This multitasking powerhouse does it all it hydrates detangles fights frizz and even acts as a heat protectant trust me your hair will thank you even with my shorter hair i've had some issues with dryness and after using the leave-in conditioner from way my hair felt softer and hydrated not only that but if you're someone that uses heat on your hair to curl or straighten the leave-in conditioner from way protects your hair from heat up to 450 degrees it's scented with north bondi a floral fragrance with notes of bergamot violet and white musk color safe and cruelty free basically it's the perfect leave-in conditioner discover a new way of life with a leave-in conditioner from way go to t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com and use code manifest daily to get 15 percent off your entire purchase that's 15 percent off your entire order at t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com code manifest daily thank you to way for sponsoring today's episode This has been probably the longest intro I have done. I'm not even going to call it an intro because, yeah, it is just part of that. It's part one of this episode, but I'm not going to make it its own episode because I really do want you guys to hear this uh, chat with Kelly today. So if you need to pause here, possibly um, come back tomorrow or I don't know, maybe you're listening on a long commute and you have some more time to listen let's go ahead and dive into the combo with Kelly and you know you can check back in and listen to the rest of the episode when you have time but Kelly's going to introduce herself but I want to do a mini like introduction before the intro for her so Kelly is the founder of yoga for you and she's also the host of a podcast called mindful in minutes and she is an independent yoga and meditation teacher so in our episode we talk about how Kelly uses meditation what meditation is how she defines meditation and how it differs a little bit from mindfulness. We talk about yoga as well. But one of the things I love about this episode is that we actually deviate. So if you've ever been a guest on my show, um, or maybe you don't know, but like I'll I'll give y'all tea on some of my process. I actually send a brief out. I'm very, I don't know, y'all know I'm a little type A. (laughs) So I like to have a brief and it kind of outlines some of the questions that I will ask a guest. So I do research on my guests beforehand, I kind of figure out like what they're experts in and what questions you guys would want to know, like what would be helpful for you guys to learn throughout the episode. And I make a brief off that because I want each episode, whether it's a guest or solo, you to be able to take something away from it. So I sent Kelly brief. It was all about meditation, yoga, whatever, like her retreat, like all these different things that I wanted us to cover. Kelly and I in the episode, we like go off tangent. Like I think it's like the third question and we like leave the brief entirely and we start talking about, you know, returning to yourself, the true self, societal masks. We talk about 
creativity. We talk about getting paid. We talk about finances, how that affects following your passion, following your dreams. Is that important? Is it not important? I don't know. We're going to talk about it. We talk about so many different things that felt really good to talk about in the moment. So I will say that Kelly may come back on the show. I would love to have her back on and uh, have her and I dive into some of the other topics that we did not fully get to dive into in today's episode. So we kind of covered, you know, a lot of surface level um, information here, but I want us to dive even deeper into some of the meditation stuff and into some of the yoga stuff. But for the most part, we go deep enough for you guys to get a good feel of Kelly, who she is and meditation, yoga, nidra, all that good stuff. So I'm going to stop babbling. We are going to get into this episode. Of course, my loves, if you have enjoyed this episode at all, whether it's up to this point, whether it's after the interview with Kelly, I would very, very appreciate if you could leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. If you don't want to leave a five-star review, but you want to leave something else, I don't know, leave whatever you're comfortable leaving. Of course, y'all know with the algorithms and podcasts and all the things that... Um, we don't have necessarily like comments and stuff like that, like YouTube or like some of the other platforms. So leaving a review on Spotify or Apple is literally the best way to support the show. Um, so yeah, my loves, I want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Let's go ahead and dive into the episode with Kelly, literally almost 40 minutes in. We're going to dive into the guests. Okay. So let's go ahead and chat with Kelly now. this morning I am so good how are you doing I'm good it's a gloomy day here in Dallas so like I'm literally looking for the sun I always tell people I moved here for the sun and when she's not out I'm like what is going on what's happening (laughs) (laughs) what is also a very gloomy day in Minneapolis as well and it's cold it's only like 40 degrees here oh my gosh that's chilly for like a spring day what is happening almost may yeah it's yeah this it's just minnesota you just it's giving winter (laughs) she's definitely giving winter right now like soggy winter (laughs) Ooh, don't love that don't love that but for anyone that is listening i know i did like a brief intro before we started our conversation but i would love for you to do an introduction yourself tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do Sure. So I'm Kelly Smith. I'm the founder of Yoga for You, which is a location independent yoga and meditation school. And then I'm the host of the Mindful Minutes podcast, which is a guided meditations podcast. So you can tune in with me, hit play, and I will take you on a short meditation journey. And I really just love meditation, yoga nidra, and restorative yoga. Those are like my three main ones. And so I um, I also play like singing bowls. I do sound baths. I just love all the fun, like woo-woo introverting things. And I do some things here locally in Minneapolis, but I'm probably best known for my um, international retreats, my podcast, and then the teacher trainings that I do. So I teach people how to facilitate um, meditation, yoga nidra, and restorative yoga. 
Wow. Okay. You are doing so many things. So want to give like kudos and shout out to you for all of the things. That's amazing. We're definitely going to dive into Yoga Nidra as well as the retreats because I'm so curious about that and how you run those later on in the episode. But before we dive into those, I would love to know how you define meditation because I think everyone sort of has their own sort of, you know, perception, definition, understanding of meditation. But for the sake of like where a conversation is going to flow, I would love to get your definition. Yeah. So my definition is just single pointed concentration. Meditation is the practice of single pointed concentration and that's it. Now what you decide to focus your attention on, like for example, if you're doing a manifestation meditation, um, Mm -hmm. you're focusing that point of concentration is the thing in which you're trying to cultivate or manifest or bring into fruition. If you do a breath meditation, your point of concentration is your breath. So what you focus on can be so many different things, but meditation in and of itself to me is the practice of single pointed concentration. I love that definition. Cause I feel like whenever we talk about mindfulness and meditation, cause often they're literally talked about sort of in tandem, right? There is this idea of like sort of clearing your mind and allowing yourself to follow your thoughts and focus on the ones that really you want to focus on and a lot of the ones that are maybe not the thoughts you want to focus on to sort of fall away and drift away. So is that sort of like when you're doing your meditations is sort of how you imagine it going where it's like if a thought pops in that you're not a fan of, you don't want it to live there. You sort of let it flow away while you're keeping the focus on the ones that you do want to focus on. Yeah. I like to think of, I kind of put that under like the distractions umbrella and there will be many, many, many distractions during your meditation practice. So I always like to challenge people to like, just shift the mindset around distractions because we actually, we like them. We welcome them into our meditation practice because they are, if you think about meditation as like lifting weights for your brain, they're going to be like the weights or the resistance bands that you're using to create the strength that you need. So if you have a thought that pops into your mind and you're like, Oh, I'd rather not go there. Or why am I thinking about that? That happens to, even as a meditation teacher, sometimes I'm like, why is that popping into my head right now and, and getting distracted? And I always like to just not only tell people, like, just welcome in the distractions, welcome them to the party. They're the weights that you're lifting to increase your strength. But it also like we call meditation a practice because we're practicing for our everyday life. And so as these things pop in, like, yes, you can let them sort of like come and go. Like if it just like a leaf that falls in like a river, right? You just let it like flow with the current. But you can also let that be an indication of like what's happening beneath the surface. Like our thoughts are so powerful, as you know, and as you speak about all this time on this podcast, because I'm also a listener and a fan of your show, but our thoughts are so powerful that sometimes I think it's worth not getting totally swept up and distracted, but like just digging a little bit deeper of like, huh, like just be inquisitive. Like, why is that popping into my mind right now? Yeah. And it's like, if you notice that you're going into sort of that meditation space and certain thoughts are always popping up, I agree. Then you kind of want to explore that. Like, why am I thinking about this thing? Or there's this worry that I have, like, why am I so worried about this thing? Like, let's go deeper with that. Let's ask the inquisitive questions. Like you said, let's actually find out like what's brewing beneath the surface. So I am so curious about the benefits of meditation because I'm sure we've all read like a mind body green article or two about meditation (laughs) and like talked about the benefits, but I want to hear like firsthand, how has this benefited your life? And maybe a little bit about how you were, how your brain worked, how your life was before you started this practice consciously and sort of how things have changed over time. 
Yeah, I love this question. So one thing that you will learn about me is that I love some good science and just, you know, just a big fan of like science and the brain and, you know, just how things are working. So I want to come back to like me personally, how I know it's working for me. But one thing that I always like to highlight is how meditation actually rewires your brain to have smaller physiological responses to anxiety and be more productive and be able to focus more. So what happens, and this is what I find a lot of people come to meditation for anxiety or, you know, it's kind of like therapy. Like no one really comes to these things when everything's like going great in their life. Cause they're like, why do I need to improve? Or why do I want to take a journey inward? Like everything's great. People usually come to meditation when they're like, I need to relax or I'm feeling anxious or I want to turn inward. So when you're meditating and we know that even 10 minutes a day is enough, what's happening is the amygdala, which is like the pain, worry, fear center of the brain. She's kind of like the drama queen of your brain. She's what kicks off the fight or flight. I refer to her as a she because, you know, I imagine her as that like middle school, um, like version of myself that was just... That's just not oh, the bully, okay. but just like very like extra. Okay. Maybe okay. you weren't like that. Okay. No, I am definitely very dramatic. Like the other day I went to the doctor and I was doing this like breathing test and I thought I was having a heart attack at one point and I fell to the ground. Like someone please call the ambulance. And they're like, ma'am, you're not having a heart attack. We're sure. Of it. And I'm like, are you sure? So I get it. Okay. Yes. No, not the bully, but definitely just like a little bit of the drama queen. And what happens is the amygdala kicks off fight or flight, which is what, when we're experiencing anxiety, it's like a light activation of fight or flight. So what happens when we meditate is the brain activity goes from scattered to really focused in the prefrontal cortex, which is like just behind the forehead. And this is what's responsible for concentration, focus, and emotion regulation. So over time, with like 10 minutes a day of meditation over like eight weeks, the amygdala will begin to shrink in size and become less reactive. And the prefrontal cortex becomes bigger and stronger. And there's more neurological activity happening there. So it's actually rewiring your brain to have less pain, worry, and anxiety and have more concentration, focus and better emotion regulation. So how that shows up for me personally is I find that I'm one and I have um, pretty intense ADHD. I have since I was like a child and I find that it's easier for me. Like meditation has been a wonderful tool for me, especially as an adult with ADHD, being able to focus in, being able to complete tasks better and being able to focus. But it also really helps me. It's like, it's kind of like the little things with my emotions where it's like, I'm not quite as reactive anymore. And this shows up a lot in my life, in my personal life. One, I have a toddler at home. I have one son. We call him pork chop. He's one. He is like a sweet little demon and he has the ability to um, test boundaries to a limit only a toddler could. And also like in I'm married. And so also, you know, my husband has the ability to push your buttons and only the way someone that you've known for 16 years could push your buttons. And I find that ever since I really started incorporating meditation to my everyday life, it's like things just aren't as big of a deal anymore. And I know that sounds like such a small little thing, but for me and for a lot of my students, like that's really powerful. Like you, you are constantly like on this pendulum swing of like, it's really, really great, or it's really, really bad. And the swing in between the two, like highs and lows, they're not quite as strong. And it's like, you know, if someone 
is like a road rager, right? Someone cuts you off and you get really upset. Like maybe you go from like a nine on the road rage scale to like a five on the road rage scale. And you may not initially be like, wow, look at this huge change in my life. But there'll just be one day where someone will cut you off and you just like, it won't be a big deal to you anymore. And even those little shifts, like that can be so powerful and can just bring you like so much more like lightness in your life and like happiness and clarity. Yeah, I agree. I love that because even though those are, you know, I think you're saying that they're like small shifts, but they're so big. It's always like, what did they say? That the secret of success is hidden in your daily routine. I don't know why that quote is coming to me because it kind of like has slightly nothing to do with this, but also kind of everything to do with this as well, right? Because it's like your daily routine of meditation. And I have two questions. So one, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit. When you were defining meditation and you were talking about it being a focus, right? I always say on my show that I don't meditate in the traditional way. Like I don't sit, I don't, you know, do breath work. I don't do any of that. But like, I always say I go to the gym for meditation, right? When I'm on that Stairmaster, I am locked in. I am in the zone. Like you cannot, like people are looking at me, talking to me. I don't know what's going on, right? So would you say in this sort of definition of focus as being like a huge part of that meditation, that something like the gym, or if there's someone out there who maybe like gets into a zone doing artwork and like they can sit for an hour, lock in, they're allowing their thoughts to flow. They're sort of in this very like, in a way, again, a meditative space. Like, would you say that's another way to meditate? Because I don't want anyone listening to feel as if, if I'm not using like the, what is it, the Calm app or Headspace or sitting down and breathing and not doing anything in silent, then I'm not meditating. I love this question. And I always like to kind of highlight the difference between meditation and mindfulness and how, because they're kind of like cousins. They're very closely related, but they're not exactly the same. So by my definition, meditation in and of itself is just like that single point of concentration. So it's very hard to do something while you're meditating, but, or like do something else while you're meditating, but mindfulness, which is also such an incredible, beautiful practice is where you're just fully immersed in doing something. And so with what you described, just my personal opinion, like it sounds, you know, when you're getting those steps and on the Stairmaster or going to the gym or people who, um, you know, love to like read a book or journal or do these things, like anytime you're allowing yourself to be completely immersed and present in something that you're doing, like that is a beautiful mindfulness practice. And that's also incredibly powerful and useful. If we're looking at meditation in like the traditional sense, like technically is going on the Stairmaster meditation? No, but is it a wonderful mindfulness practice, which also has incredible benefits into our life? Yes. And I think that's all that matters. I don't think, I think like the devil's in the details in a way. And I love your call out of like, don't feel bad if you're like, oh, I don't sit down and, you know, sit crisscross applesauce and chant om for 20 minutes every morning. Like I don't do that either. And that doesn't mean that what I'm doing isn't meditation, or that doesn't mean that what you're doing at the gym isn't wildly beneficial and a introverting practice that helps you like turn inward and be present. So I think that like, I always like to try to stay away from labels. Like I think if you feel like you're getting what you need out of it, that's perfect. I completely agree with you again with the labels thing. And then also just kind of like finding what works for you. I think within the spiritual community, there can, and just any community in general, but in general, but specifically the spiritual community, there can be a lot of pressure to do things in a very 
ritualized and systematic way. And I think spirituality is like leading us away from that, away from like, here's the things you have to do in this order every single day or else you're not going to manifest or else you're not going to create the life that you want. And I think that comes down to meditation practice as well, or even journaling or just like anything else, a moon ritual, whatever. It's like, if what you've created, your practice works for you, if you switch it up every week and that works for you, like do, do you like, don't try to do what everyone else is doing simply because you're like, I have to, I would say, try it out. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Right. Totally. And I always think about like with meditation and mindfulness or even like when you were, even before you said anything, I was like, I imagine you hear this all the time around manifestation. Cause people can be so like, no, 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 this is the way that you manifest. Like you do a B and C, and that will lead you to D. Do not deviate. Like this is exactly how you do it. And I don't prescribe to that idea either. I recently learned the term soul print. Have you heard this? It's like your soul's fingerprint. No, but that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard it. Yeah. I just recently heard it and I was having a chat with someone and he just very casually was like, yeah, well, you know, like your soul's print. And I was like, I'm okay. sorry, what? The soul okay. print? But it was in the context of this idea of like when you're journeying, we were talking about the true self as one does when you hang out with someone that's in the line of work we do. We're like, oh, let's just talk about the true self and like beautiful things like that. But we were talking about how like your journey inward and your journey to the true self or to your higher consciousness or whatever it is, it's as unique as your fingerprint. Like only you can take that journey. You will be the only one that will ever really know your true self. And so the way that you take that journey, the vehicle that you take it with the steps that you take, like that's up to you. And only you're going to know exactly what that is for you. And I think sometimes teachers can get just tripped up a little bit in failing to recognize or failing to share the fact that like, this is what worked for them. But that doesn't mean like all we can really share as teachers or as leaders is like what we personally know. But just because it worked for us doesn't mean that that's like the way for everyone, right? Our truth may not be like the collective truth for everyone. And that's okay too. Like you're taking, you are your own best teacher. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think as a guide or a teacher or a leader, it's not your place to, I think, create a specific rule book and tell people that they can't achieve results if they don't, if they only, if they stick to this, because I think that creates an environment where people can sort of get down on themselves or feel bad if they deviate from that thing or if they don't get results. They might be like, well, why am I not manifesting what I want? Like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, right? A lot of times it's like, maybe it's divine timing or maybe it's literally that you're getting so caught up in trying to be something other than your true self. And that's why you're not actually calling in the things that are meant for you because you're not being yourself. So I, I love this. And I love like the conversation about the true self as well. I feel like that is what I also have with my friends very often. Like we talk about the societal masks and we talk about, you know, what does it actually look like to be yourself in a world where you kind of are always wearing a mask to some degree. Right. And it's like, what is the true self just like an, a collection of the different masks? Is it like, I don't know. That's a, that's a deep question. I'm like, yeah. Like what did you guys get into with this? I'm so curious. Like what did y'all get into when talking about this? 
About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. This episode is sponsored by Blinkist. Blinkist helps you to understand books and podcasts in 15 minutes. You can read or listen to key ideas from bestsellers in a shorter span of time. Blinkist has the perfect content to help you be a better, smarter, and more knowledgeable you in 2022. One of my favorite Blinkist titles so far has been What Are You Doing With Your Life? by Jiddu Krishnamurti. I listened to this one and I loved it because it explored how the way that we are raised and our societal conditioning affects the way that we perceive the world. As I listened, I learned that in order for us to look at life more truthfully, we need to free our minds from the big ideas that try to summarize life in its totality. For example, if we subscribe to a certain religion, we may find that we're only looking at things through that lens and accepting one variation of truth. But to better understand truth and life, we need to observe the way that we perceive things based on our beliefs and then ask ourselves how these perceptions affect us and our decisions. This read was right up my alley, y'all, because I know y'all know I love me some self-help, some self-improvement, and it basically blended the knowledge of religion, belief, society, and culture to help me better understand the bigger idea of purpose and what it is that I'm really doing with my life. I also enjoyed some other titles such as The Journey of Awakening by Ram Dass, The Art of Rest by Claudia Hammonds, and Hyper Learning by Edward D. Hest. Some other popular Blinkist titles that you may enjoy are The Sleep Solution, Stillness is the key, the miracle of mindfulness, the happy mind, and uh, a classic around here, the power of now. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Manifest Daily to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T.com slash Manifest Daily to get 25% off and a seven-day free trial. Blinkist.com slash Manifest Daily. Again, that's B-L-I-N-K-I. 
st.com slash manifestily to get 25% off and a seven day free trial. Thank you again to Blinkist for sponsoring today's episode. I like the deep questions. Yeah, I like the deep questions. (laughs) So I can only speak to like my lived experience and what the true self like means for me. And that's going to be different for everyone. And like you and I, just everyone on this earth will have like a different experience, um, a different human experience on earth. But something that rings true in my heart is that like, and again, I think about my son and having a child has shifted my perspective on a lot of different things. Um, but in particular, like I look at him and he's just one. So he hardly, you know, he doesn't really see his some words. He doesn't talk a lot, but there's just some parts of him that are just like, so clearly just like a part of his essence. We just, on the podcast, we just call him pork chop. So I didn't actually name my child pork chop, but that's just what we call him. But there's just so I love many... that nickname by the way. Oh my gosh. It just came out like I was just pregnant and I was like talking to him and we didn't have, he didn't have a name until he's like two years old. I don't know. It just came out and then he just, it just stuck. So he's just pork chop, but there's so many things and I'm sure you've seen this in children too. It's like, especially the little kids, there's definitely parts of us that like we're just born with. And like, it's just a part of like our essence. And yeah. And before, you know, society can like when you're talking about masks and like, we do wear these different masks, but also sometimes don't you find, especially like as a woman that society sometimes try to, tries to put a mask on you or like Mm -hmm. expects you to like show up in a certain way, even if that doesn't like feel right or authentic to you. So for me, like the true self, and this is where the soul print idea came in is like just connecting with that part of you that like is really like your essence, like who you really are and what feels like good and authentic and like what your true North is in a way. And if you can be in, it's my belief that everyone's true self like starts like good. I think that we all are like, I think there are like good souls. I don't really believe in like, again, this is like a little deep, so I don't know. You can always take this out if you want, but no, like, we're going to leave it all in. Good stuff. <laughs> this is good stuff right like, here. Tell yeah. me about the good and the evil and all. It's just my personal yeah. belief that like everyone's essence at its core is good. Now it is I like the mass. Well. Yeah, it is like the mass that you're talking about or like different experiences that we have in life that then can shift our perspective or, you know, have us have our lives take different turns and, and all of that. But for me, true self-work is like, connecting with just like our true essence or like our soul. And I have found that through that work. And and I used to really, um, I just used to feel like I was living in a way, like I was showing up as the person I thought people would want me to be. Cause like, I just really wanted to be like liked and accepted mm-hmm. and like, you know, loved. And so my way of doing that was just doing what I thought people would want me to do. But the funny thing is, is the only time that I really felt like I found people that like loved and accepted me was like when I took those masks off and I just wasn't afraid to let like my true self be seen. Yeah. No, I, yeah. yeah, And that's what I was going to say. Like that's when you make, like, that's when you make those like really like true connections. And I think you also, when you connect to your true self and you live from that space, you give everyone around you the permission to do that for themselves too. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree with that because it's almost like someone seeing you 
showing up in that way, it's such a vulnerable space to be in because a lot of times when you are showing up as your true self, you are kind of saying, well, you know what, these norms or these, you know, different masks that society is trying to put on me, like I'm going to put those aside for now and I'm just going to be myself. And it's sort of like taking off the mask, taking off the armor, showing up as your vulnerable self. But other people see that and they're like, oh, wait, I can, I can totally do this. And like, even if I'm quote unquote weird or I don't know, whatever, like that's okay. People, people don't mind that. I'll find like true friends, my soul family. Like I'm going to show up as my, my true self. So I love that. And especially the essence bit that you mentioned as well. I do think that there are different things that we are born with, right? Maybe um, like just a vibe, like a certain vibe that we're born with or talents or just things that maybe you call them talents or essences. Um, that we carry with us throughout adulthood. And I think as we get older, we can dilute those because of what the world wants us to be. But then there comes a time where you're almost at like a crossroads and you're, you have to choose, like, do I continue with like diluting myself wearing the mask or do I go this way? And do I say, I'm just going to let it all sort of fall away and like allow myself to be myself. I had an interview with Shannon Kaiser. Um, she's an author last week. And in our episode, she was talking about that, about how she returned to her childhood dream, sort of this essence that she had, this love for writing and became a writer years into her career, left the advertising industry and sort of came back to what she loved. And I love hearing stories like that where people are like, I was like, you know, a multi six figure earner at a corporate business and whatever. And I was like, I want to do art on an island. And I just like moved away, bought a ticket, moved away and just started doing art in like Bali or something. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I do. I know exactly what you mean. And I heard that interview with Shannon and I thought it was really cool that like, as you guys were talking, like you were also talking about how like you might be pulled to like do some writing things. And like, those are the types of just like little things that I think like shouldn't be ignored. And I do, I love, just like you said, like, I love stories like that where people are like, you know, I was doing this, but like, I think it always boils down to like, when you're connected with the true self and doing, whether you call it like your soul's calling or just the thing that like lights you up and makes you happy, it feels fulfilling versus when you're so clearly like, and I think we all kind of know to a degree like when you're doing something that doesn't really like align with the true self or align, I refer to it sometimes as like true north. I think of my true self as kind of like my compass, right? And if I'm thinking about something, like we were chatting a little bit, like, you know, offline, but of how there's so many things you always could be doing. And I like to think of like staying connected to the true self and being like, okay, is this an alignment or is this not an alignment? And if I have that like line of communication, that true north, and I can be like, okay, this is an alignment, but like this opportunity is not an alignment. And it becomes way easier to say like, yes, or like politely decline or be like, I'm going to focus my efforts on this, but I'm not going to focus my efforts on that. And I think like with all these stories that you hear time and time again about people who make big like pivots or, you know, dare to be different is like, they just felt unfulfilled living a life that wasn't connected to like the true self. It's tiring. And I think we all know what, yeah, it's, it's, it's draining and it like it empties your cup versus when you're doing something that is in alignment and is connected with like the essence or your natural talents or who you are. Like, even if it's hard work, it feels like uplifting and fills your cup instead of like emptying your cup. Mm-hmm. I agree. I completely agree. I have so much more I feel like we can talk about like this topic on. Like I, oh my gosh, because I was like, oh my gosh, do we get into money? We can get into money. We get whatever you okay, want. This is really your podcast quick. and your rules. I, 
<laughs> because this is so good. And you're like saying all the things, but I was just thinking about when people, you know, don't want to take the pivot or they're afraid to take the pivot because they're like, well, how will I get paid? Or how will I make money? Or how will I sustain my life, right? It's sort of this fear of, will I be okay? Will I be taken care of? Will I be able to actually continue living and doing the things that I want financially if I deviate so far from what I've been told I should do or what I've been doing for such a long time? Yeah, and I, like, right off the bat, when it comes to money, I am not a risk taker, ever. Like, not a risk taker. A lot of that, I think... Well, the biggest thing that that comes from, so my husband is, he's, um, he will one day be a doctor, but we have been together for this entire like medical school journey. Um, he is just finishing up his residency. So for years we were single income and dependent on me. And I, I, so one, I'm not a risk taker because I was like, okay, people are depending on me my husband depends on me. And then ultimately like our child depends on me. And so I am not a financial risk taker, but I do also have a heart centered business that pays my bills and is doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. But like me personally, and I'm, I'm going to be really curious to hear what you think of this. Um, because just for me personally, I always felt like when I was like, Oh, I don't know, should I take the leap? Should I not take the leap? I always, I like to take the leap with a safety net. So I would take the leap, but I would have like the one job, you know, I would be like managing a gym, right. Which meant I was the person like folding the towels and like, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure that everything was just, you know, whatever. So I'd be doing that and then also teaching yoga classes. And then as you know, yoga was growing and then eventually I opened my own studio and doing all these things. Like, as I saw that snowball was growing, then I would release some of the other. So it was almost like I had like one eye on the finish line, but knew that it was going to be like a marathon. And I'm very much not a financial risk taker. So I don't, I never really do kind of like the all in, you know, just go for it. But I do think it's so important to um, not let yourself get so swept up in the fear around like, what if I don't, make money or, you know, what if this doesn't work? And I think that so much of that comes around like a fear of failure and embracing that and recognizing the fear around it and being like, this is scary and that's okay. But my personal opinion is, and I'm 100% not a financial risk taker because we've been single income on me for so long, but I also like just take the leap, but with a little safety net. And my circumstances where it's like, I couldn't leap without a safety net because I would impact other people. I think if I wasn't in that, I'd be much more of a risk taker if it was like just me. Yeah. But just different circumstances. But I'm so curious what your thoughts are. Honestly, I'm I'm pretty much a bit of the same. I had an experience in my life where I kind of like tried to do the full leap. And what I learned about myself is that when I do that, I place so much pressure. And I would say this on my business to run before it can walk. And I think that for some people doing like full risk all in, they work really well with that pressure. I always say like I work well under pressure, but maybe not in this instance, because then I feel like energetically, I'm like, oh my God, why aren't people buying this thing? Oh my God, why isn't the podcast growing? Oh my God, why? And I start to panic, right? Versus now I'm in a situation where I do work full time. I am working on the podcast. I do have other things I want to start. 
But that's what we were talking about literally offline right before we started is like the priority list. And I was telling you, I was saying, I today I'm taking the time to sort of make a priority list and figure out, okay, what is making me money? What is making me happy? What could make me money that I want to start? What could make me money that I'm like, "Eh, I I can leave it behind. I don't want to start. And just figuring out how to reshuffle things because when you are, you know, working full-time or even part-time and you're also working on a business and you're also, you know, working on yourself, self-care, like just literally trying to take care of yourself it's a lot. It can be a lot and it can leave a lot of space for burnout and just for feeling very frustrated, getting tired, all that good stuff. But as you said, I think financially, you know, especially now, since I live by myself, I don't have roommates, like I'm in a different state. It's like, yeah, you know, I do have my parents. I could always like move back to Boston should anything truly go really left. And I'm like, I need a place to live. However, that's not the goal, right? And so it's like paying for all of the things by myself, having to sustain myself. Like I have to look at it from a practical lens and be like, okay, you know, my rent is this much, my car is this much, like all these things are this much. I need X amount of money. The podcast is not bringing in X amount of money. So I have to have a job. I have to have a job. So, you know, and then also to the way I see my job is like, I look at my job, like it's kind of like a client of mine, right? It's a client. I'm working on this client's work throughout the week. Um, I show up when I'm needed, I get the work done, but I don't put all of myself into it. I know there's some people where their nine to five, their career is like the thing for them, which is totally, you know, that's what you like. That's what you like. But for me, I'm like, I give y'all just enough so I don't get fired. And that's about, that's about it. I show up and I do what I got to do. That is iconic that I... I love that. And I think if I was still working a regular nine to five and not for myself, like full time, I'd probably have, I'd be saying something very similar to my employers. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, why am I going to give you guys my all? And then like, what else, what do I bring to my show and to manifest daily and to my community after, right? What do I bring to myself after? So I love that, you know, the balance. And again, I think it, it, um, it just depends on your situation. It depends on how much you need, you know, are you still living at home? Do you have a partner who can support in the meantime while you're building your business? Like it's so different across the board. So it really just depends, but I'm, I'm with you on like be being financially, you know, safe, I will say. And I love to spend and shop. So I need something to fund my my shopping (laughs) spree. Oh, I get it. I get it. And I mean, and I do, you know, I do too. And I think that, It's just, I mean, just for me, it's like, and this is where sometimes I think we can get in like a little bit of stickiness at times with manifestation. Like when you do that kind of work is that it's like manifestation is like, I mean, it's magic and it's wonderful, but also you, it needs to be anchored in like responsibility. And I resonated so, it resonated so much with me, what you said about, um, you know, just like the pressure that you can feel like when you go all in, because I think sometimes that pressure, like it doesn't leave space for creativity or, you know, to make mistakes and like learn and grow from them because it's like, okay, I have one option. It's sink or it's swim. And that can create so much. And I think sometimes when it comes down like to money that just phasing, if you want to start phasing one thing out, but having something else phase in and where I see sometimes people really having that fear is taking like the last leap. And it's not even usually like a financial thing. It's like a letting go thing where they finally like, you know, say, okay, I'm, you know, 80% doing my business or running my podcast or doing what I love, but I still have this one foot in like my old life. And it's like, 
just that last little step. So it's not even like the big leaps. It's like just that last little like, okay, I'm actually letting go here of like the past and fully embracing like the new that that's where people really get like, like swept up and like really get stuck. Yeah, I would say it's it's the last leap and then maybe the first one too. Like, you know, the one where you're like at the job, you're fed up, you're, I don't know, maybe you're not fed up. Maybe you actually don't mind your job that much, but you're like, oh, will I do this for, for the rest of my life? Probably not. So I want to start this thing. You have an idea, but it's the leap of like, start it, like starting the thing, like, I don't know, making the website, the Instagram, the services, the whatever. And then, like you said, that last leap when it's like, you're actually, you're at a place where it's like, you could sustain yourself with this thing. But I almost feel like when there's such a difference too with like a nine to five, even though it's, you know, security, it's supposed to be secure. It really isn't right. But we do see it that way. We see it as like, you're getting a paycheck every single, well, for me, I get paid every month. So it's like a little ghetto, but you know, you're getting a paycheck, a certain cadence, you know, how much you're getting. So you know how to budget, how to expect that money. Um, and it's stable in that way, right? You know what to expect versus when you are working for yourself, like there are, more ups and downs. Like you can make a ton of money, but then it could be another month where it's like, what is going on? <laughs> so it's like, you have to, it's, it's a completely different world. Right. And if you're not sort of training yourself to think like an entrepreneur, to think like someone who is in a space where you understand that the, the pros of entrepreneurship look different than the pros of a nine to five, I think that's where also the the taking that last leap can get very tricky and hard because you want to hold on to security, stability, you know, the expected versus going into the world of like complete unknowns to some degree. Totally. And I think that that's where like the fear really is like the unknown is scary and like, and that's okay. Like it is scary. It's scary for you. It's scary for me. Like the unknown is scary. And, and I love like, I think you're so right that like those, the hardest leaps or the hardest steps is like the first and the last. Cause like the middle sometimes can be kind of exciting, but it is very much like, it's so easy to get in that like feast or famine cycle. And also to kind of let your, I guess emotions and like your mood and everything get so attached to like, oh, it's a good month. Like, that's amazing. I'm doing great. Like, look at this growth. Like, look at this money coming in. And then for maybe something that's totally out of your control, it's like, oh, like, you know, downloads are down or revenue is down or whatever it is. Like, then you kind of let yourself like slump with that, which I think can be a little bit. That is tough. It's really hard. That's so tough. It's so hard. And for me personally, like, I try to just remember that like my worth is not tied to like numbers. And that was a big one for me to just wrap my head around, especially as like, you know, a a go-getter, a doer, like, you know, an ambitious woman, like it can be hard to not attach your worth to like your numbers and the things that you can measure. And I imagine, I mean, it's hard to do the kind of work that we do. And like, you have to always keep an eye on the numbers because that's like your data, but to not then let like your worth be wrapped up in that where it's like, oh, well, if the numbers are good, then somehow I'm good. But if the numbers aren't so good, then I'm not so good. Like that's to me, that's what brings it back to like that true self work is like, if you're really connected to with like who you really are, it's not to say that you can't feel like bummed when you're like, dang, like this was not our best month. Okay. Like back to the drawing board, what's going on here, but it doesn't impact you. in like that somehow you're not enough or your like your worth is less or that, you know, you're not good because your numbers weren't quote, like 
good. And I think it's important to, and it's hard. And that's something that I've worked on over years, but trying to not have like my worth directly tied to like some like arbitrary like number. Yeah, that is definitely tough. I am working through that myself. Can't say that I have completely worked through it. It's so hard. Yeah. I'm still working through years later. Yeah. And still working through it. It's hard. It's such a thing, especially again, because you know, when you're growing, because it's like, I feel like my podcast has gone through a bunch of like random growth spurts, I would say. So it was like really just, you know, like not like a straight line in the beginning. Then it was like a spike. Then it plateaued for a little. Then there was like another spike. And now I'm in sort of like the plateau. But because the plateau is a plateau, it's almost kind of like a decline compared to numbers before, right? So it's like going into the analytics, I'll see like the numbers are X percent down this month compared to last or X percent down, you know, this week compared to last. And that's definitely tough to see that, especially I think when you're working so hard on something or when you have such a beautiful vision for something and you're putting, it's like, you're putting yourself into it, right? Because it's your creativity, your ideas, you're bringing it to life. And it's literally an extension of yourself. But again, like you said, you can't place your worth in that. So it is definitely tough to sort of step back and be like, okay, the numbers are down. But like, does that mean that I suck as a podcaster? Does that mean that my show sucks? Like, no, it's still growing, but it's just not growing as it was before. But that's okay, because there are seasons for the growth spur. And there are seasons where it's kind of like a time for you to sort of just coast like nurture the community that's here now and then prep for that next growth whenever that should come so yeah totally totally but I think that that's so like relatable and and something like I feel so deeply with that especially with podcasting because it really is like anyone who's listening who also has a podcast I'm sure they're gonna be like yes that's it like it is (laughs) like sharing a little piece of your soul with someone like every single week (laughs) or a few times a week and it's like you know I always call it like my baby before I had babies and like with my show because it's mostly guided meditation so it's like creative writing in a way. So like I'm writing these meditations and then recording them and sharing them. But regardless of what the content is of your show, like it's such a personal, like intimate thing to like share your voice and your thoughts and like this content and to have this vision. It can be really hard to like, you just, you create it from like the soul space and then you put it out and you kind of just have to wait and be like, you know, I hope it resonates or like, I hope it, you know, you can only have hopes for it. And and all you can really do is just like create the special stuff and put it out there and share your unique voice. And then the rest of it is a little bit out of your control, which can be hard at times. Yeah. Can't really control the algorithms or who tunes in or who shares. Like you can't really control any of that. So it literally is, again, it goes back to just a bit of that divine timing. It's a, it's a mix of different things and just kind of relating it back to manifestation. It's like a lot of times when you're calling something in, like, yes, there's the inspired action you can take and you should be taking action and you should be doing things, right? Not from a place of desperation and like, oh my God, I'm panicked. I gotta do this thing. But from a, an inspired place, right? But even if you do all the things and you sit with it and you're like, wow, like I, if I can make a checklist, I checked everything off that I could do it's like there's some things that you can't do some things that you can't control and as much as you want to understand them or sort of have a timeline that you can sort of look towards and like plan around you really can't do that absolutely and I I think that like I mean you said it perfectly you can only do so much and then at a certain point it's like you just have to it's just 
at a certain point, it's out of your hands and you just have to trust that like you did, you know, you did your inspired action. Yes, you're manifesting. Yes, you're also meeting the universe halfway by doing all of the things. And I always tell people like with manifestation, like specifically when they're doing like manifestation meditation is that you can't always give the universe a timeline or like you can't always say like, you know, the universe can be like Santa Claus or like if you don't tell Santa what you want, like you might not get that for Christmas, but you also can't say like, and I want it this day at this time in this specific way wrapped in this specific packaging. Like you can't do that. And there is an element of like trust where you have to, you can only take your inspired action and your manifestation like so far. And then you kind of just have to know that it's all happening for a reason and that it's, you know, maybe coming or still in the process of being called in. And then there's a point where you just have to be patient and know that it'll come at the right time. But I agree. That can be hard. Do you find, I find that's one of the hardest parts about manifestation is like you do all the things, then you're just like, all right, and now we wait. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I kid you not. I was, who was I telling this to? I was telling this to someone yesterday and I was like, that is the part that I struggle with the most. And I said, I'm in a season where I'm being taught patience and I'm being taught that I need to trust. Like when I put something out there and I ask for something and I know that I've taken the actions that I need to take, like the actual waiting period, right? Or the the period in between you not experiencing that reality or not and, and then experiencing that reality it's tough. Like it's so hard. And I think a lot of people are like, Oh, just let go. And you know, whatever. And yeah, sometimes I'll say the same thing. I'll have the same advice, but I also recognize that it is hard to let go. It's not an easy thing to do, especially when, if you want something and you really, really want something like the actual act of letting go of how it will happen, when it will happen is really tough because you, you do have a connection to that thing that you're trying to manifest, right? Totally. And and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, but have do you ever find that like you can manifest something, manifest something, manifest something, but sometimes it's like, it's just not for you. So it won't come. Like, it's almost like you're just manifesting the wrong thing or there's some kind of like divine intervention that's like, I know you want this, but it's not for you or it's not for you right now. And you have to sometimes trust that there's like something bigger at play and that sometimes you will hear no and that that's also a part of manifestation because it's trusting that like it just wasn't right for you like right now like I think about with podcasting like I think it's very common to have like you know like plateau spike plateau spike plateau spike and I think about the times that I've had the spike and it didn't happen like until I was like solidly two years into my show but I think about like I probably wouldn't have been able to handle it at the beginning like I was still using this like weird, like tinny microphone, like I wouldn't have been able to handle it. And so even though I was manifesting, like getting these meditations out and having them reach all the people that needed them, like that is happening, but it's happening at like the rate that I can manage. And now in hindsight, I recognize that, but at the time it was like, oh, why isn't this you know happening? Why isn't this happening? But it just now in hindsight, I know like it just wasn't quite the right time yet. Yeah. No, I think that is definitely a thing. That's why I say divine timing is always at play because sometimes you can think like, oh, I'm ready for this thing. I want this thing right now. 
And it's like, you might not have the, the tools, the system. And by system, I don't mean like, you know, Zoom or whatever. I mean like life systems in place to handle whatever it is you're calling in. And going back to your podcast example, same thing with me. It's like, had I gotten all these downloads and whatever at the very beginning, like granted, I still get overwhelmed. Like I get overwhelmed to this day. You know what I mean? With like guest pitches or with people DMing me. And oftentimes I know this is kind of, I know some people might say it's like unprofessional, but I just like don't respond a lot of times because, and not because I don't want to, but because I'm genuinely overwhelmed and like I get anxious. And so that's something that I'm working through is like creating the right systems or figuring out the way to properly like manage my emotions and my anxiety throughout the process. Because I know that as I grow, it's just going to be more of that. So I do think that like, it's like you're, I'm getting like little bits and pieces at a time, like enough to sort of satiate me and enough that I can sort of be like, okay, we're at the next level. Like, let's figure out how to handle this. Let's put the systems in place for this. Like, for example, right now we're recording on brand new software that I'm testing out, but I had to go through doing so many interviews on Zoom, doing so many different other things to get to this point where I'm like, now I'm going to pay for this software that's like better than Zoom, right? But it's like, had I done that, would I have done this like with episode one? No, because I would have been like, why am I paying for this thing when I barely even know how to use the mic? Like, let's not, let's not go from A to Z, okay? Let's, let's, you know, move along slowly here. <laughs> so, yeah, divine yeah. timing for sure. Absolutely. I know, but I think sometimes it's so like, you can't always recognize divine timing in the thick of it. Oh, no. it's always like in hindsight. And for me, like, especially through like these introverting practices, like of meditation or yoga nidra, all of these things for me, a lot of it, and this goes all the way back to like what we spoke about at the beginning of the episode of like things that are a big deal, aren't quite as big of a deal anymore. And that that's really like, that's a really great benefit for me is that also, it's just like, there's just a little more acceptance, like a little less attachment to the outcome and just a little more trust that it's like, you know, trust the process, like it's happening the way it's supposed to happen. And I think that when you really connect to like the true self space, which also is a way of connecting to like the universe or spirit or whatever you like to call it too, because I think there's you know, a little bit of magic within all of us. So connecting to that space, you can also start to cultivate some trust of like, there's something greater at play. And like, there needs to just be, you need to just know that it's happening. And as long as you hold up your end of the bargain, you know, the universe will hold up its end too. And that you sometimes have to be patient with that. Oh my God. This is literally, I kid you not. And everyone listening is probably going to roll their eyes because this is me with my, my dating life, my current dating life. Like I'm like, doing all the things. But I'm like, today I had a conversation with friends and I'm like, I'm so burnt out from the apps and trying to like date. Like I literally go on dates now and I'm just like, it's like going through the motions. I'm like, I need to take a step back because truly this is just not the place that I want to be in emotionally, spiritually, like even physically. (laughs) So I feel that it's like literally having to lean into that trust and be like, okay, it's not here right now. I don't exactly know why, because I do feel like everything can come together. But when it does happen, I'm sure I'll look back and be like, oh, wow, this had to happen first. And at the time I didn't know it, but now I know it's like the hindsight looking backwards. So for sure. I have a question for you. I'm going back to the brief because we completely did not. Okay. We could talk. 
all day long. We could talk I. all day long. Yes. But I am curious. You said something earlier and I was like, wait, I have a question on here that literally pertains to what you were talking about. And it is back to meditation, right? I'm curious, how do affirmations like play into meditation and specifically your guided meditations? Like, do you write affirmations in? How do you sort of like mix the two in with meditations? So sometimes I'll use like affirmations or mantras and mix them into like a guided meditation for people to use. But what it boils down to me and, um, and I mentioned at the beginning, like I play those big crystal like singing bowls. I've really been intrigued by like sound and sound waves and like the energy that sound can produce. So the idea behind affirmations or mantras is basically that it's creating a certain vibration and it's a way of like speaking something into existence. I mean, if people are listening to this podcast, they know all of this, right? But for me in meditation, it's like bringing in affirmations or bringing in mantras is a way of sort of like, I like to use them a lot as like the period at the end of like, the meditation, like the very, like Mm -hmm. you've done this whole meditation and then you're going to just do a handful of affirmations or maybe like repeat a mantra three times. And it's just kind of putting that like punctuation of like, and that is that, like it is truth. It is, I'm, you know, bringing it into fruition. I'm calling it in. And I think there's something really powerful about creating the vibration, even if it's just like a thought wave instead of an actual like vocal, like sound wave of putting the energy out there of like speaking into existence, what it is that you want or that you're cultivating or that you're trying to embody. So that's how I really like to use them in my guided meditations. You can also do, and usually in meditation, we call them more like mantras, but it's very similar to an affirmation. You can do just a mantra repetition meditation. So, you know, those like mala beads, they're like the, sometimes people will wear them like as jewelry. Um, if anyone is not familiar, it's like usually those wooden beads. Um, traditionally you had Buddhist monks that would have them. Um, they're kind of like prayer beads in a way. It's a way of counting repetitions. So one way of meditating is repeating a mantra or a phrase or an affirmation there's 108 of those wooden beads. So you'd go through and like flip through the beads um, 108 times. So that's like a more traditional um, meditation practice. But for me personally, I I just like to, yeah. And I really like to use that if I'm trying to like cultivate something, like if I know I'm going to have to spend a day with someone that just is a little bit challenging for me, I might repeat like, um, you know, I am not bothered by the actions of others or I stay true to who I am and I'm uninfected by, you know, whatever, insert the thing that Mm -hmm. you sometimes are affected by because of that. And, you know, or just today is going to be a great day. Um, I am surrounded by positivity today. These are the kind of things that you can just repeat like again and again and again and again, if you're anticipating just needing some extra bit of that in your practice. But in guided meditations, I just like to sprinkle them in, like just a little, you know, like a little seasoning here yeah. and there. Let's give it a little I, flavor. Yeah. Oh, cayenne pepper, literally spice. Yeah. Spice it up. <laughs> um, no, the mention of the sound waves, I, oh my gosh. You know what I always say too is like, so I listen to a lot of trap music and like rap. And I always say like these rappers, like they, they're hip on like manifestation, but like, I don't know, they may not call it that or refer to it as that. But in a lot of songs I listen to, you'll hear rappers say things like oh, i'm trying to think of the specific long oh so there's this line in this like old drake song and he says um he says something about like how he's the man and he says 
I said that before I knew I was, right? So it's like talking about like speaking things into existence or you'll hear rappers talk about how like before they got the money, they would say how they have the money and then now they have the money, like just things like that. And I think there's something powerful about that mixed with like the music. Now granted, they talk about some other things that are, you know, questionable or whatever, but you know, if we're focusing on the positive here, they're also saying some really good mantras and things like that throughout the music. So really interesting that you sort of mentioned mixing sound bowls with mantras or even the beads. I really like the idea of using the beads as well. Um, I know we're like running out of time and I'm desperately wanting us to get to yoga nidra. So let's talk about that though. What is yoga nidra? Like what is your practice? Um, I know you run retreats as well. We can talk about that a little bit, but let's first get like a definition and understanding of this practice. Yeah. And I'm curious, have you ever practiced yoga nidra? I have not. I have not. I think you would love it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm doing it. Pilates these days, which I'm like, I'm like, wait a second. The girls did not tell me Pilates was fun. I am loving it. Just saying. And so, it's hard. Pilates it is, is like so, so hard. So hard. <laughs> I have these women in the class who, when we do the core exercises, they're going in and I'm sitting there struggling. Like, I thought I was fit, but I guess not. <laughs> it's like next level. Yeah. That. We can talk about this. Often, yeah. but it is hard. And like your body does this thing that's like a combination between like a seizure and an earthquake. And you're just like, what's well, happening you're shaking. in my muscles? Yes. You're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a real thing. Um, so yoga nidra is actually a really interesting practice because there's no movement. So you just are laying in Shavasana. And if you were to like watch me lead a yoga nidra practice or like I have some practices on my podcast, it's just like listening to the sound of my voice. But the person who is facilitating it or leading it, what they're actually doing is leading you through a conscious journey through the koshas, which is the different layers of your being. Yoga speak for different layers of your beings, like the physical body, the mental body, emotional body, um, the wisdom body, the bliss body. And it's kind of like these little like Russian nesting dolls where we're trying to open up like one and then the other and the other. And we're trying to come face to face with the original or the true self. And then once you're there, you're planting a positive seed of intention, or we call it Sankalpa in Yoga Nidra. So all you really do is like you lay there, you relax, and you listen to it's like 45 to 50 minutes of this guided practice where you move through like your body and then your breath and then different emotions and then some visualization. And then you plant the seed of intention with the Sankalpa. So it can be really, really powerful. And it also has these wonderful therapeutic benefits because what you're trying to do is put the body to sleep, but keep the consciousness open. And there's some really cool studies of like where people go into yoga nidra and their brainwaves show that they're like sleeping, but then when they pull them out, they can remember what was happening around them, which if you're sleeping oh, wow. shouldn't happen. So it's, yeah. it's really cool. And there's actually some interesting studies coming out of the VA right now where they're using yoga nidra to help treat PTSD because what they're trying to do is like put the body to sleep so that they're not having like physical, um, like PTSD triggers or like physical, Uh, responses. So if you can put the body to sleep, then the idea is that then they can work on like those deeper layers to be able to get to more of like the root of the PTSD instead of having like a physiological response to some kind of like a PTSD trigger, which I think is really interesting. Um, But if you've never done it before, it really, it's almost like a yoga sleepover. So you like show up and you get like pillows and blankets and bolsters and like an eye pillow And you just like relax. And I like to do combo yoga nidra and sound bath. So we'll do like yoga nidra, get to this like super relaxed place and then do like some singing bowl sound bath. 
but it is really, really deeply restorative, but it's a conscious journey to the true self at the same time, which I think is super cool. Oh my gosh. Okay. This sounds fantastic. I think, yeah, you're right. Like I, okay. Literally after this, I'm going to be like Googling yoga nidra near me. Um, but I love this and it almost sounds to me like it's a little bit of like hypnotherapy in a way. Is that kind of like an accurate comparison? So a lot of people will ask like, what's the difference between like hypnosis and yoga nidra? And the biggest difference is that hypnosis is like guide led. So like they can ask you questions, like you can be talking back to them. Like they're really kind of like taking, like facilitating your journey versus yoga nidra is very like hands-off and can be a little bit gentler. Like you'll only go as deep as you want to go or are able to go. And like you, you don't like, I wouldn't ask any questions or anything like that, but it's a similar idea of like putting the body to sleep to be able to do like some deeper work, but with two different approaches. Okay. Wow. It sounds really amazing. And you mentioned something about sort of, as you're sort of going to the center, you're getting to that true self. So is that something that once you come out of I suppose like your practice of yoga nidra, that's the benefit of you sort of walking in the waking world with more of an understanding of your true self. Yeah. So I think, and people have such interesting experiences during yoga nidra. It's really cool. Like people always ask like, oh, I experienced this. Like, is this like quote, like normal? And I always like to say there's no normal or abnormal, especially when you're working with the true self, the soul print, because it's completely unique to you. But I have heard everything from like, I fell asleep and had a nap, which totally happens. My own mother does that in my classes sometimes because Mama Smith still comes to my classes because she's amazing. Yes, but everything from like, oh, that was so relaxing. Like I got a nap to like a relative that has passed on came back to tell me something that I needed to hear right now and and everything that falls in between. And I think what's happening is when you're trying to connect to that like higher consciousness or that deeper part of you or that true self, you know, they say quiet the mind and the soul shall speak. And it's like, but truly it is. It's like when you just slow down, put the body to sleep, like quiet the mind, you don't know what's going to come up. And it can be a really, really beautiful, like profound experience. So it could be just being more connected to the true self. It could be, you know, listening to the insights from the soul or the true self. It could just be, you had a wonderfully relaxing, restorative, rejuvenating hour, which is also incredibly important. And it can be like, you're going to get out of it, like what you need, but that will be different for everyone. I was literally going to say, I kid you not those exact words. Like, oh, is it like you get out of it what you need in that moment? <laughs> so yes, so, yeah. it is. we're on the same wavelength. That's exactly it. Okay. Awesome. And so I'm curious about the retreats. Can we talk about that for like a quick second? What are the retreats? How do you lead them? Is it sort of like yoga nidra and meditation? Like give us a tea. Okay. So the tea on retreats, which isn't that hot of tea because there's no like fun, like secrets or anything there, but I will say they are like, if you're in a place where you could go on a retreat, like just in general, I highly recommend it because it's always just like truly a one, like a once in a lifetime experience. So the way that I personally do it is I like to fuse like a wonderful trip somewhere fun and unique, like Ireland or Bali or Hawaii or Peru, like a place that you maybe want to go, but wouldn't necessarily go alone. And then take that like trip element and fuse it with yoga and meditation and like yoga nidra. So what it looks like is I help with everything like 
you basically just have to like show up. And once you're in the airport at the right time, like everything else is taken care of for you. But a typical day looks like we wake up in the morning and we might do some mindful movement and some meditation and then have some breakfast. And there's always the most incredible people that show up at these things. Like, and most people come alone, which is really cool. And it might be the first time they've traveled alone anywhere. And it's usually just a group of just like beautiful, like soul seekers that are together. So we'll do some movement. We'll do some yoga, have some breakfast. We might do like a little bit of a workshop or something fun together. Like we're going to Ireland this summer. We're going to go like sea cave kayaking. Oh my like gosh, one are you morning. really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, our spot's come open? In. I have one spot left in that retreat. Not the one spot. Kelly, wait. <laughs> You're like, no, not that one spot for me. Do you want to go to Ireland? I'm curious. You said kayaking. Yeah. I cannot swim, so there's that. Um, That's okay. <laughs> optional. All the activities are optional. Yeah, anything with water, I I'm like, oh, let me let me yeah. figure that out first because like you know don't want to definitely go to a land animal come too. Back. Yeah, it's, it's I, not intense. <laughs> okay, we're gonna ha- we're gonna link it in the show notes. Um, okay. I will think about it because like, what do you do? Do they do you do them every year? Yeah. So I do a couple every year, but the locations are different. So I had one in Hawaii this spring and then, um, and then in the summer I will be in Ireland and then 2023 TBD, but I just do a couple every year and I find the right people always show up to the right one at the right place always. And it's just this, like, it's, it's this opportunity to not only like go somewhere and do something new, which is so, I think, therapeutic and like wonderful for like your mental health and like body, mind, and spirit. But then you're also doing a retreat in which each one has its own theme. So um, we're doing sacred stillness for Ireland. So it's all about like finding like your stillness and finding that like sacred space within. So all of our yoga practices and guided meditations and workshops are all around like deeply connecting to like the self. Oh, okay. I love this. Listen, if we're not doing Ireland this year, keep, like I would like to be on the list to learn about 2023 You're on the list. for sure. Because I definitely want to travel. I've actually been looking into like you know those group trips where you go again with like a group and it's like they have the activities and stuff like that. I've been looking into doing one of those for Europe, and I'm so terrified to like go by myself. But I'm also like obviously better to go with a group of people that also might be going by themselves, so you can like meet friends and not be alone. Yeah, so for sure, I want to learn. I want to be on the list. This is like, this is like that, like for sure. And it's so, it's funny that you mentioned friends because like some of the best friendships, because like you're just getting together. It's usually primarily women. Men are always welcome, but I would just say like women in general tend to gravitate towards this. And so it's just like a group of women that are into like meditation and like sound baths and like want to join other incredible women and spend a week in Ireland together, like bringing down their walls and sharing this beautiful experience with them. So it's like, it's so perfect, especially if you're like, oh, I want to do this, but I don't want to do alone. And you're into like the kind of stuff that we're into. Cause it's like the trip of a lifetime and like this beautiful spiritual journey at the same time. They're really, really cool experiences. Yeah. Okay. We have to get me on the list. Uh, <laughs> so you're already on the list. VIP, you're you. on the list. Thank you. I, <laughs> I want to learn more. Um, okay. This is amazing. And I think this is such a beautiful idea. Again, I'm going to put it down below. We'll link all your things. But as we sort of wrap up this episode, I know we literally did not cover half of our questions, <laughs> but I think this episode went in such a beautiful direction that we were meant to go in. And you are more than welcome to come on the 
show for a second episode. We can do part two, get to more of the meditation questions, dive a little bit deeper into Yoga Nidra, and then also talk more about the retreats and get some more details and stuff. So we'll schedule that. We'll plan that offline. We'll do it after you come on a retreat with me, and then we can talk about the experience yes, together. Yes. Ooh. Ah! We're going to be spilling too. We're going to be like um, retreat recap with wine. <laughs> yes. Oh, A yes. whole thing. Yes. Some chocolate yes. soup, some chocolate covered almonds, a charcuterie Done. board. Ah! <laughs> Done. Done. Yes. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I would love for you to kind of like tell us where we can find you, talk more about your podcast. Everything will be linked below, of course, but this is like a chance for you to sort of like plug yourself. No shame, obviously. Never any shame. So plug away. Cool. Thank you. So my podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to our voices, just go on little search bar, type mindful in minutes. You will be able to um, unlock hundreds of guided meditations on there. Also, sometimes I just speak freely about whatever I feel like talking about. Maybe it's like, you know, walking meditation 101 or how meditation changes your brain, things like that. Um, My website is always a good place to start if you're curious about like teacher trainings or retreats and things like that, which is just yogaforyouonline.com. And then Instagram, I like you answer my DMs and things like that. So my handle is yoga for you online. And I'm happy if anyone just wants to say hi or has questions about any of this stuff, you can pop over there and I'm happy to chat. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Kelly, for joining me. I'm excited for our part two. This was amazing. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you. This has been like the highlight of my week. I love that. And it's only Wednesday. So we going up from here. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com slash events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.